Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like our Russian nesting dolls full of themselves. Hi, America. Hello, world. <laughs> My name is Adrian Lee and I'm your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. What could possibly go wrong? So without any further ado, let us embrace the darkness and introduce tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and ethervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather realised this week at the Mall that her fear of moving stairs was escalating. Welcome to the show, Heather. <laughs> hello, hello. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim asked this week, what would you get if you crossed a rhetorical question with a joke? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is my best material. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. Wow. Although I don't think we're in the Midwest Plains anymore. I think we're in Ant Antarctica. Antarctica. It's been very cold, is not it? Cold. Very, very. Minus 43 kind of cold. Yes. Yes. Difficult to imagine. Difficult to imagine. And finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC Outside Broadcast Department. He is also our producer and sound engineer. Greg lost his mood ring this week, 
and he still isn't sure how he feels about it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Greg. <laughs> Fabulous. There we go. Series two, episode 46. 46 is a fabulous number. The international dialing code of 46 will put you through to Sweden. Yay. I read this week about a Swedish shelf stacking thief who tried to take stock home. (laughs) It's great, isn't it? (laughs) That's one word. (laughs) Yeah. I used to have a Swedish girlfriend. She was frigid. I always thought that was a very unusual name. Oh, God. This cold weather's had him inside too long. He's frozen. 46 is the number of human chromosomes we possess. That is organized structures that contains DNA. For extra points, straight off the bat, I will give you the name of some kind of living creature and you will tell me how many chromosomes they own. Common fruit fly. Any guesses? Give me a number. 25. 25. Six. Six. 60. 60. Kim is the closest. A common fruit fly has eight chromosomes. She will get one resplendent point, and we start the show off with a score there. Okay, earthworms. Chromosomes for earthworms. Two. Kim's going two. 12. Annelids. What have you got there, Greg? I don't know. Heather cut it in half last week. She did cut it in half. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Lengthways. Lengthways, which was very odd, but that's her upbringing. The closest is Heather, and she will get a point for that. They have Yay. 38 chromosomes. Really? Wow. I know. Remarkable. What about a French man? What has a French man got? <laughs> 62. 62. 46. 46. 46. It's right. I told you at the beginning of the show. What's wrong? You're not even listening, are you? No. 46 for a human. I never told you I'd listen. Episode 46. Okay. Goldfish. What's a goldfish got? 36. 36. 12. 12. 20. Heather's closest again. It's 104 for a goldfish. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. I will tell you the tobacco plant has 48. Tobacco plants have two more than humans in terms of chromosomes. That's ridiculous. I've lost track of what a chromosome is. I don't even know anymore. What difference does it make? It doesn't make No any rhyme difference. or reason. All the points get removed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Because 46 in Japanese can be pronounced as, here we go, this is my best Japanese, Yon Roku is 46 in Japanese. It sounds like Yoro Shiku, which means best regards. So people in Japan go around greeting each other by saying 46. I just thought I'd share that with you. The number 46 is depicted clearly within the star of the flag of Oklahoma, signifying the average IQ of its residents. <laughs> I have nothing to back that up with. I have no facts for that. No, you're just guessing. It is the 46th state to join the United States. I've got some fascinating facts regarding the coming week that we have in January. Did you know on Monday, Monday's the 25th, it is Burns Night, in memory of when my dad thought it would be a good idea to get the fondue set out of the attic. Tuesday, <laughs> I know. Tuesday the 26th, the following day, is Australia Day where women glow and men chunder. You better run, you better take cover. And on Wednesday, the following day after that, it's the 27th. That is Mozart's birthday. He was born in Austria in 1756. Now, before we start the show, we like to read out the mailbag. We like to read out the messages we have received this week on all of our platforms on social media. Glenn said, very short and sweet, he said, I love your show so uh, spread the word sir we really appreciate that 
Jacqueline has written on Facebook, great show, hands down. Do I get any points? <laughs> <laughs> so Jacqueline starts on one and she's already beaten Greg and he's part of the team. There we go. Brian posted, we're huddled under our quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea, anxiously waiting for the show. Let's hope the sound of my elderly mother does not disturb them during the show tonight. So What's your mom you. doing over there? What's my mom doing at Brian's house? Yeah, that's what I'd like to know. <laughs> His wife's not going to be happy about that, I can tell you right now. My mom's going to be surprised as well because she went to bed in East London. That's a shocker, isn't it? We do have many platforms you can visit us on. On Facebook, we have a site called More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee. And all of tonight's shenanigans and stories are there for you in glorious Technicolor if you wish to see the photographs and the video that accompany all of tonight's stories. On Twitter, we also have an account, which is Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S for the International Paranormal Society. We currently have 74,000 followers on there. Of course, we have a YouTube account. Again, if people wish to listen to a couple of outtakes that are very funny, you can visit YouTube. And once more, it's more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. If you wish to visit our archives, all of our shows are on there from the last three years. You can visit soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, and there they are for you. We have a little bit extra on there as well. There's a round we can't do live on air, which is an extra 20 to 25 minutes called Not For Your Mother. There's stories we can't possibly read out, but they're the news of the week to do with sexual innuendo and things that go wrong in the bedroom. So they're there for you if you visit our SoundCloud site and i just finished this week it's off to the printers it's off to the publisher it's going to be edited it's going to be looked at i've just finished four years worth of work i finished a book this week called the mysterious midwest so that should be out hopefully in march and april time i will tell you about that and i'll do a book sale a book tour we'll be doing lots of expos but that's the follow-up book if people are interested that is the follow-up book to mysterious minnesota digging up the ghostly past at 13 Haunted Sites. That's published by Llewellyn Press, if people are interested. But the sequel to that is imminent. That's a large weight off my shoulders, and I'm probably a better person to be around on the back of getting that finished. No comments around the room, Heather or Kim. We move. (laughs) And I'm also psychic. We move into the first round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. I have a story that says Terror as ghost caretaker caught on security cameras cleaning the school bathroom. A school may be haunted by the ghost of a caretaker after a cleaning trolley was filmed sliding spookily down a hallway. Filmed on the school's cameras, the card is shown rolling back and forwards before sliding into the middle of a school bathroom. Doesn't that give you an indication of where schools are and kids are these days, that they now need security cameras in the corridors of schools? I was thinking more along the lines, why would it be haunting a school as a caretaker if you're a ghost? Well, you say that, but at the end of this story, we are going to discuss having a conversation with a janitor mm-hmm. and a caretaker in a haunted school that we once investigated. Uh, yeah. So that is true. Out of a sense of duty, perhaps, or enjoying your job, perhaps his home life is terrible. Some people like going to work because they don't get on very well with the missus. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> this is why golf and fishing are so popular, of course. There were no signs of wires and no one else in sight, leaving viewers to suggest the school may be haunted with a ghost. The video was shared by a YouTube user who said it continued down a corridor and past a few classrooms. 
He said the janitor thought that the car could not have been pulled by a string due to its weight. The footage was also checked beforehand and nobody was recorded entering the bathroom without also being recorded leaving the bathroom before the incident occurred. The video was reportedly filmed at a school in the American city of Fulcar, Kansas. I just think that's very funny. (laughs) It's in a place called Fulk, F-O-U-K-E, Arkansas, not Arkansas, Arkansas. Fulk. Fulkensaw. It's very odd. We're going to get taken off air if I keep repeating that. It was then posted to Reddit where commenters were spooked by the movement of the trolley. One wrote, wow, it completely turned itself into the doorway. Another said, compared to a lot of other ghosts on tape videos where something moves like an inch, this is pretty creepy and hard to explain. Some were convinced that a wire must have been used to drag the car. The right side, where I assume our rope puller is, is even cut off by the wonderful vertical video and then by the wall, said one person. While another said the presence of the ghost was explained by budget cuts, commenting budget cuts, the school had to start hiring ghost janitors. I always thought a cheap date would be a ghost, by the way. You wouldn't need to buy a ticket for the cinema, would you? And they don't eat much at the restaurant. (laughs) Just saying, cheap dates, ghosts. We did a story about three or four years ago about a dating website, didn't we? That was one of our first stories. It was one yeah. of our first ever stories. There was actually a dating site. Yes, there was. For dead people. Mm-hmm. It's shocking, isn't it? You can't get a date when you're alive and you can't get one when you're dead either. It's a very sad state of affairs is where we are. <laughs> what I was going to go on to say was we investigated at what is now called the Barks Centre, but this is Wyndham High School. It's a high school that was built in the early 1930s. And we did an investigation there many years ago. And we went into the basement area where there was in fact a girl's changing area there's like a boy's changing rooms then there's an area where there's a boiler and a utility room i guess and there's tools and so forth and then there was a girl's room on the right we went into the girl's locker room to do the investigation and first of all we got touched didn't we as we walked in there was kind of oh yeah tugging on hair and pushing and then there was large emf readings i believe Mm -hmm. on a k2 meter so everything was happening but there was a janitor down there. We've told this story before, but we did have a ghost box running. And uh, we asked who was down there. And a gentleman said his name was Bob. And uh, we asked if he was the janitor or the custodian. And he said yes. And we had a conversation with this guy. It lasted quite a few minutes. And we've got all this recorded. What I then did was I went to the Historical Society, Cottonwood County Historical Society, where this school is based. And I went through all the yearbooks and I believe in 1962 I came across a photograph in the yearbook of all the janitors that were working there and all the maintenance men. And there was a gentleman there whose name was Bob Underwood. So then I looked Bob Underwood up in the obituaries and he died I believe in the 1980s. And he said he'd worked at that school for 30 odd years. And even when he retired he came back to help out. So it'd be no surprise would it if he was hanging around. I think I'm also right in saying that when I did a book signing, I actually stumbled across his son and I gave him the information and told him that his dad was still hanging out in the school and still working. So we know that to be true. But if people wish to see the ghostly caretaker's cleaning cart trolley moving its way down the corridor and into the girls' bathroom on its own, they are more than welcome to go to my Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee and you will see that piece of video footage for yourself heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings i have a devil tree devil tree Mm -hmm. 
bet you haven't seen one of these before. I've seen devil wood. <laughs> I've I, seen a deviled egg. I've seen a horse fly. I thought that I'd seen everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hikers freak out over burning devil tree. A video showing a tree burning actually from the inside out while producing very little smoke has appeared online. Sounds weird, right? This is biblical. It is. Does Moses get a message from a burning bush? But this is a tree. You've not had a burning bush since so you just started. It's a tree, not a bush, is what makes it a devil? I Sure. Okay. I don't know. It was actually, I've seen the video. It's a pretty big tree, and it's burning from the inside out. almost looks like lava from the inside. No smoke whatsoever. So if a bush is burning from the inside out, that's cystitis. <laughs> too early in the show? My too apologies. early. Too early. Too soon. The disturbing spectacle was discovered by two hikers who happened to come across it while walking in the woods near the city of Defiance in Ohio. So it's in Ohio, guys. One of the men took out his cell phone and started to film the fire as it slowly engulfed the inside of the tree while leaving the outer trunk and branches untouched, so it didn't even touch the outside of the tree. Even more peculiar was the almost complete lack of smoke from the blaze, despite its apparent intensity, and it was pretty hot in there, at least from the video. This is heartburn, isn't it? He needs some antacids or something. So we we should be throwing... Tums into the heart of the tree is what I think you're saying. That's, I think that I'm no expert on trees or arboretums, but I, I would try that. That's where my best advice would be. The footage managed to generate uh, several hundred thousand views after being posted online with internet users dubbing it the devil tree due to its peculiar nature and eerie orange glow, which it did have. I like the fact that just because something's odd and doesn't sit right, suddenly makes it devil's work. Sure. I, well, what, why couldn't that be God's doing? I have no idea. I've never seen anything like it, though. Okay. Uh, and you've well, seen a lot of things online, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, many have suggested that the fire may have been started through some sort of supernatural process. The most likely explanation is that the tree had been struck by lightning shortly beforehand, but that still doesn't make much sense. That's, that's, that's even more biblical, isn't it? Yes. If it's got struck by lightning... That's God-given, isn't it, I'm suggesting? From the inside out. I know. It's got very hot in there. It's combusted, isn't it, is what's It's getting hot in here. Yes, don't take off all your clothes. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we don't have a webcam going while the show's taking place. I have to sit week after week with Greg setting his underpants because it's hot in here. (laughs) This story says, Is this the decapitated ghost of Sir Walter Riley? caught on camera in a Devon seaside town. An amateur photographer couldn't quite believe what he was seeing when he spotted the floating head of a ghost in a panoramic shot he was taking. 32-year-old Nathan Scott made the discovery among a few snaps he took while waiting for a ferry in a picturesque seaside town in Devon. But when he looked at the photos later, he saw a mystery figure, which appeared to have just his head and parts of his torso visible with the rest withering away into nothing. Nathan is adamant that this was no photo glitch and is certain that no one walked in front of him while he was taking the picture. And after carefully analysing the picture, it seems some people believe it may be the ghost of Queen Elizabeth's famous courtier, the explorer Sir Walter Raleigh. Sir Walter was born in East Budley, Devon and died at the Palace of Westminster. Budley? Budley. I want to be from Budley. You want to be East Budley or West Budley? (laughs) East. No, that's the rough side. You don't want to be in East Budley. (laughs) 
<laughs> he died at the Palace of Westminster on October the 29th, 1618. However, Nathan, a scaffolder from Torquay, Devon, believes the man looks like he's from the 1800s due to his hairstyle. Nathan <laughs> said that while he never believed in ghosts before, he has been freaked out by this experience. He said, by the way, the 1800s called, they want their hairstyle back. I never believed in ghosts until I saw this picture. I wanted a picture of the view, so I made sure no one would be in it. To be honest, it freaked me out because there was no one there. He was waiting to catch a ferry in Kingsweir, Devon on Tuesday morning when he decided to take a scenic snap overlooking Dartmouth. He said there were some nice boats in the harbour, so I decided to take the picture. When I took the picture, there was no one around as it was 7.55am in the morning. When I looked at it, I noticed there was a head floating in the image and it surprised me. The style of the hair looks like it's from the 1800s. There's something around his neck. It could be a scarf or a noose. People say there is a ghost around there who walks around the walls. When I looked at the photo, I got the shock of my life. This man had appeared in the shop from nowhere. I have no idea where he came from, and at no point did he walk past me. Again, if people wish to see the photograph of the head floating on the coastline there of Devon, in East Budley, you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee and have a look at that. You're not in your head, Heather, in disappointment. Saw the picture. It's bunk. It's bunk, is it? It's bunk. Why do you think that came about then? What happened? It does. It, it was a split photograph. That's why only half his body was there. And it was obviously a person. In my opinion, it was a person that walked in front. So how does a digital camera take a photograph of a If he's split... taking a panoramic, it takes several shots. As it moves around. Yeah. Well, you're welcome to go to our Facebook site and it's look. Bunk. For yourself. Apparently, Heather's debunked it. That doesn't mean I'm not getting any points for reading the story out, by the way. I'm still getting a glorious two and coming up to four. We have seen floating heads. We spoke about this earlier in the day, actually. The St. James Hotel in Red Wing, Minnesota, is very famous. It was built, I believe, in 1876. And when it was built, they dug out the basement and they found burial mounds of Native American Indians. And they just disposed of the bodies. They threw them in the river, I suspect, back in the day. And local staff, the people that work in the hotel and guests, have seen on occasion in the basement a floating head. And obviously this is very scary. It's not something you want to see, is it? But we were doing an investigation there about six or seven years ago. And one of my investigators came screaming out of the banqueting room in the lobby, in the basement, and said she'd actually seen that very floating head she said it had big yellow eyes and it was coming towards her. she was very scared and it was one of those moments where she'd gone pallid and she was shaking but you could actually see her teeth chattering in her head like an episode of scooby-doo and i just wondered if they were excavating the basement and a skeleton of a native american was in there and the head became detached from the body you would have a situation where a head would be wandering around looking for a body i guess but she saw that and she said it did look like a Native American. It had long black hair, <laughs> despite the yellow eyes. You're laughing. If you went down there and saw that, you'd be reinserting no, your lower intestinal of... tract with a shoehorn. I was just thinking, I ain't got nobody. Yes, we was all thinking it, but no one went there and told the joke. You're now on minus one. You're going to need some more material, better than that. But if people wish to see the opportunity of a floating head, they need to get into the bar area in the basement of the St. James Hotel in Red Wing, Minnesota. 
Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? A chilling dash cam footage shows driver swerving to avoid ghost after spooky figure appears on the road. This is the spine-tingling moment a driver has to swerve to avoid a ghostly apparition that appears in the middle of a deserted road. The spooky figure in the eerie video resembles a woman or girl dressed in white or pale gray with arms outstretched. Always white or pale gray, isn't it? Arms outstretched. Yes. Uh, Filmed on the motorist's dash cam, the clip shows the dimly lit road ahead as the couple in the car travel in the dead of night. It was recorded on July 18th, shortly before 11 p.m., and posted on YouTube recently. At first, the pair are heard chatting normally as they make their way down the road, but then they encounter the ghoulish figure. The woman screams, and the man swerves to avoid hitting it. The woman, who is speaking French, shouts a terrified warning, and she yells, Give me a break here. Away we go. Go on. Je vois fait de tour. Sacre bleu. Zutte Cotton chips twice. Get off me sister. <laughs> I'm almost fluent. The interesting thing about this footage, I have seen this, and again, it is available to see on Facebook, is you want to see what happens when they've driven past. I want them to turn the camera around. Obviously, it's a dash cam, so you can't do that easily. But I want to see what happens when they've gone past, what's left behind. I always thought it'd be very funny to hang out on a cold winter's night in Britain on one of the country lanes and dress as a red coach soldier. Do you know the soldiers we had? Back in the day, during the Revolutionary War, of course, we'd have had the red coats and just stand there with a drum like a little drummer boy. And as the cars go past, you know, they just see a glimpse of you in the hedgerow. You'd end up causing an accident, wouldn't you? It'd be terrible to do. Did many of them make it home? Did I ever make it home? Don't know. Did many of the red coats make it home? Wow. This is where we are. Racism this early on in the show. We look at the Revolutionary War as a group of Englishmen fighting another group of Englishmen. It's not really discussed. It's... uh, we look at it as getting rid of a, you know, dependent. De- a dependent. This is where we are. It was dra- draining all of our money is what it was doing. <laughs> Greg's in early with the racism and he's on minus one. I have a show that says, I have a show. You do. I'm doing it. I'm here. Look, I'm pinching myself. It's actually taking place in the here and now. I'm having an existentialist moment where I'm stepping outside of my body and looking down. And here we are. We have a show. Nice. Heather's here. Kim, Greg. We're all here, even my mother. (laughs) (laughs) On the ceiling if you want me. I have a story that says, are these ghostly eyes following an explorer around an abandoned psychiatric hospital? Oh, boy. An urban explorer claims to have called a ghost on camera after he spotted what he believes to be a pair of glowing eyes staring at him from inside an abandoned psychiatric hospital. The man noticed a strange anomaly when he looked back over the footage he filmed whilst exploring Westboro State Hospital in Massachusetts. The filmmaker shot scenes from inside the hospital, which closed its doors in 2010 and reopened as Worcester State Hospital in 2012, before becoming derelict. He wanders through the hallways, which are covered in dust and rubble, before looking inside what he describes as an old hair salon. The clip then follows the man into the room containing two armchairs, before turning back around and right into the corridor. The cameraman admits he didn't notice anything strange at the time, but on closer inspection, two eyes appear to stand out in the pitch black. The bright lights are seemingly at head height and close together, appearing to stare back towards the camera. Who walks around an abandoned psychiatric hospital in the middle of the night? Ghost hunters. Ghost hunters, Mm -hmm. on his own. 
I guess. It's ridiculous. He if must people not wish friends. Well, again, his home life must be terrible, mustn't it? <laughs> what are you saying? Because we spend all our time walking around abandoned. But we do it together. That is true. We are, we are for the sake of uh, the show, we are all friends. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. We move into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of green men and hairy beasties? Chimeras. Chimeras. You've actually got a story that's relevant to cryptozoology this year. Sure. Time. Why aren't not? Those, aren't those things you put on patios and you put wood in them and they burn like a chimney? Okay. All right. <laughs> Chimeras are being used to supply transplant organs. Scientists have been creating human-animal hybrids to help meet the growing demand for donor organs. Oh, we call them the French. <laughs> wow. Twice in one show. With transplant patients often having to wait years for organs, scientists have been looking for increasingly unorthodox ways to try to meet the ever-growing demand. One of the most promising ideas, one which could have the potential to solve the problem entirely, involves injecting human stem cells into an animal embryo with the aim of growing actual human organs that can be retrieved for use in transplants once the animal grows and matures. That's ridiculous. Because yeah. surely, I mean, at what point do you become a human? If you're growing from, you know, stem cells, I mean, when are you human and what are you not human? When do you get rights? When do you not have rights? Do you see I what I mean? No What's the difference? Well, I do know there was a case about that monkey that had the selfie. Have you seen this on Facebook? The judge said he did not get rights to his selfie. The monkey did not get rights nope. to a photograph he'd taken of himself. Correct. But that's very interesting because there are monkeys. Cheetah from Tarzan had a very successful career as a painter after his Hollywood career was finished. Are you being serious right I'm, now? You could have looked this up. <laughs> it's true. I went to an exhibition of Cheetah's oh, work. Cheetah's work. I did. It was at the Tate Gallery in London, in Trafalgar Square. Nice. Go. Did you take lessons? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm getting it every which way. Let's <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> right turn, Clyde. Clyde. He finished every painting by putting his fingerprint on the bottom right-hand corner. So he couldn't sign, like, you know, love from Cheetah, kisses. He put his fingerprint on every one. But it was very interesting work. His use of tonal awareness, you know, variation of thickness of line and composition was very impressive. If a monkey can be happy... If a monkey can feel love, if a monkey can be sad, then why can't it express itself through the medium of painting? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I love your work. <laughs> <laughs> I love your score. Minus two. <laughs> the research is certainly not without its fair share of controversy, however, in particular with regard to the extent to which the human cells will actually become incorporated into the host my view is that the contribution of human cells is going to be minimal, maybe 3%, maybe 5%, said biologist Pablo Ross from the University of California. But what if the contributed amount to 100% in the brain? What if the embryo is mostly human? It's something we don't expect, but no one has done this experiment, so we can't rule it out. So they're going to create hybrid humans to harvest their organs. Chimeras, this is like yeah. some terrible sci-fi, dystopic is. kind of film. 
It's Solent Green. It's people. Solent yeah. Green. Cholton Heston. Weren't they yes, gr- I remember that one. Weren't they growing like human ears on mice or rats or something? Yeah, that kind I, of that was really fun. Ugh. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I want a mouse with an ear tied on its back. That'd you be would love it. That'd be great. <laughs> and you will name him George. You've, you've thought about this far too much, haven't you? <laughs> I have a story that says, is this a gorilla on Mars? And if it is, he has rights, apparently. <laughs> NASA's Curiosity rover picture, bizarre objects on horizon. The Mars Curiosity rover picked up images of what looks like a massive gorilla on the red planet. That's we it. We should have been keeping count of how That's many. That's it. I'm saying we need to, you, you're probably going to say it right now. We've found... Robot arms. I'm going to come to a list in a minute. There's been a, Are you? a floating spoon. <laughs> we have to keep a list now. A giant scorpion. <laughs> a space crab. Space crabs, anyone? A you bo- had that last week, didn't you? I did. The ointment cleared that up. A Buddha statue and a Martian <laughs> version of Stonehenge. A London bus. And now we got a monkey. And Adam Sandler's career. Oh, God. <laughs> Footage released by NASA also appears to show a camel-like creature in the craggy surface of the fourth planet from the sun. Wow. So a camel and a gorilla hanging out with each other. That's like an incredible journey gone really badly wrong, isn't it? I thought it? you were about to tell a joke. Well, about a camel's toe or something. Uh, what? <laughs> That must have been really one messed up zoological drunken bachelor's party, mustn't it? Can you imagine the camel waking up and saying to the gorilla, what have you done? Where are we? How are we going to get home from here? I knew we shouldn't have done those Jägermeister shots. Jägermeister? What's he called? I don't know. Jägermeister? That'll do. (laughs) Close enough. Sure, we you. That makes about as much sense as the Martian getting best comedy of the year at the Golden Globes. I'm sorry. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Obviously a new meaning for the word comedy I hadn't previously been aware of. Fabulous. The gorilla has been seen before, apparently. Wow. But the new edition makes the image worth revisiting, with some saying it looks like a mother and a baby bear, and a table with some bowls of porridge later. <clears throat> Those claims have been made by a YouTuber who pontificates, you don't often get to use the word pontificate, do you? On the more unusual features of space. Mr. Enigma... Was reviewed. Was reviewing. Isn't that a character from Batman? Yes. Yes, that's the Riddler, isn't it? Was reviewing the footage sent by the Curiosity rover, which has been exploring Mars since 2012. In a video about what many believe are rock formations, he said the picture taken by the Mars rover Curiosity may be the most compelling when it comes to life on Mars for a lost civilization. If we add a little colour to the photo, the features stand out a bit more. When we zoom in, we can see it looks like a gorilla or a type of bear creature, maybe even a statue of a creature. But what is even more odd is that right next to it on its left, we see what looks like a smaller creature, a baby or a cub. It's a gorilla and a camel. Under what circumstances? Something's gone seriously wrong somewhere because under normal circumstances, a gorilla and a camel are not hanging out. It's not going to happen. <laughs> different continents, different countries, different geographical climates. It's just not happening. Space spotters have claimed to identify numerous bizarre objects and species on Mars since the Curiosity rover was launched, which they claim NASA denies the existence of. And once again, if you wish to see a gorilla and a camel hanging out together on a really bad bachelor night party on Mars, you can go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers. 
with Adrian Lee. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Camel Toes and Gorillas? There is an advance in astronomy that can help find other worlds. The pull of gravity on a distant star can now be measured more accurately, shedding light on other worlds, say astronomers. The method makes it possible to study even the faintest of stars. Our technique can help tell you how big and bright is the star and if a planet around it is the right size and temperature to have water, oceans, and maybe life, said Professor Jamie Matthews. At least a gorilla hanging out. Mm-hmm. There'll be water for him. There would be, and he'd be swinging from a tire and playing with his own feces. The findings, if you're interested in it, appear in the Journal of Science Advances. That's always on my coffee table. <laughs> Next to Campanologist Weekly, there's always a big close-up of a bell. surface gravity is the intensity of the force that pulls everything on the surface of a star or celestial body towards the center it is usually calculated by measuring a star's light or brightness but this only works well for the closest brightest stars a team led by thomas callinger of the university of vienna used data from the kepler space telescope which is searching for other worlds like the Earth, to show that variations in the brightness of distant stars can give more accurate measurements of surface gravity. Interesting. We will be finding, I'm sure in my lifetime, evidence of life on other stars and other planets. I think I've got some stories coming up that even suggest that. I've got a story here that says, is this a UFO? Heated debate sparked after mysterious sight caught on camera. This bizarre footage is causing controversy as people cannot decide if it's a UFO or whether there is a better explanation. The video was shot by a man in the village of Budakovo in southern Kosovo who sent it to its locals newspaper claiming he had witnessed the UFO. I'm more remarkable in many respects that there's someone who has a mobile cell phone in Kosovo. I find that remarkable. (laughs) The man said that the object had been spiralling around and he had managed to zoom in on it on his camera's digital zoom and claimed it was not an aircraft or a drone. Once it was published, the footage attracted heated debate with some people saying it looked more like a parachute spiralling down to Earth than a UFO. However, the video man who sent in the footage insists that the object eventually vanished by going upwards and not downwards. Greg, do you find it vanishes by going upwards and not downwards? Yep. Local officials <laughs> have not commented on the incident. What but, was the question? <laughs> he got woken up. Local officials have not commented on the incident, but the video was soon uploaded to social media, where it probably went viral and the debate goes on. So far, the true nature of the UFO has not been determined, and only Professor Hans Zarkov, formerly of NASA, has provided any explanation. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in UFOs and cryptozoology? I got a giant robot. You've got a giant robot? Yes, it's been photographed by a plane passenger. Did you know that? No, I didn't. This is news to me. I've not heard this story. A picture which shows what looks like a figure walking on the clouds has gone viral online. Nick O'Donoghue had been on an EasyJet flight from Austria to Ireland when he spotted something rather unusual out of the plane's window. So there's an Irishman mm-hmm. on a low-quality, economic EasyJet Easy Jet flight. Easy jet. There's a few Guinnesses going down, Maybe. is what I'm saying, and he's seen a robot on the wing. Yeah. This is like the Twilight Zone, isn't it, with William Shatner? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah, grabbing his camera, he managed to capture several images of what appeared to be a large humanoid figure walking on the top of the clouds, if you can imagine. 
The photograph would later go on to generate a great deal of interest online with internet users suggesting that it looked a lot like the Iron Giant from the animated movie of the same name. I was flying back from a work ski trip in Austria. Really? One of those work ski yeah. trips, yeah. I was on the window seat with two work colleagues beside me, he said. They were talking like crazy and I was gazing out the window, as you do. I could see this figure in a distance in front of us, and then we saw, as we flew closer, the shape appeared. It was in view for about two minutes, as it was a good bit away, and in the distance, to me, it looked like the Michelin Man. I will give a point to anyone now who can tell me the name of the Michelin Man. He has a name, very specific name. Robert. Oh, you're not a million miles away. His name's Bibendum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm thinking Bob, right? It's close enough. It's true. The Michelin man's name is Bibendum. Uh, but to be honest, he had no idea what it was. So there is so, a video know, of this. Apparently. So pictures. a drunken Irishman yes. coming back from a ski trip yes. on an economy easy jet aircraft yes. has had a few Guinnesses. Maybe. And he's seen a giant robot walking on the clouds out of the window. Kind of look like the Michelin man slash Iron Giant slash Iron Man. Well, I'm thinking Ghostbusters now. Okay. It's a Stay Puft man, <laughs> it's isn't a it? Stay Puft man. Because that's very similar, isn't it, to Bibendum, the Michelin man? Uh, yeah, Bib whatever. Yes, Bibendum. Okay. That's where we are, Bibendum. <laughs> I know we've lost a lot of people this week. We have uh, unfortunately lost, you know, Glenn Free and David Bowie and lots of other people. Alan Rickman. Absolutely. There was one gentleman who passed everybody by, and I don't know if you're aware of this. As a paranormal investigator, of course, one of the things that inspired me when I was 14 years old and we bunked off a school to go to the cinema, the ABC Cinema in Romford, was to see Ghostbusters. There could not have been a single person in school that day because the entire auditorium was full of my classmates and all the kids at school. The teachers must have been sat back in school thinking, where are the kids? There's no one here. They must have thought there was a chicken pox outbreak or some such thing. (laughs) Or a fire in the chip shop at the very least. So we're sat there watching Ghostbusters. Many people won't be aware because it didn't get mentioned. But I found out by doing a little bit of research. If you remember the mayor... The mayor was on both Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2. It was a fairly short gentleman. Had a look of Danny DeVito about him. He died just a few days ago. Nothing gets mentioned. Nothing gets brought up. But I thought I'd share that with you because of obviously a love Mm. of Ghostbusters. We've lost a lot of people. We have. The Grim Reaper has come for many. I have a story here. Back to UFOs. It says, Tim Peake says aliens are real and there's a high chance of humans discovering extraterrestrial life. Astronaut Tim Peake is amongst a handful of British astronauts who have performed a spacewalk. But the Chichester-born spaceman has said his incredible journey is just one small step in a longer mission, which could eventually result in humans discovering life on other planets. Peake said he was confident scientists would soon crack the big question of whether we are alone in the universe. There is a high chance that we will soon discover there was, or is, Life in our solar system, the 44-year-old said. I would be very surprised if there wasn't life elsewhere in the universe. However, the astronaut said he didn't expect little green men to suddenly pop up from craters on the red planet. That's just for gorillas, apparently. (laughs) Single-cell life forms might be found on Mars, he continued. And we need to be careful because before you know it, they'll be taking our jobs, coming over here and applying to be a Republican nomination. Tim also suggested (laughs) all satire... (laughs) Tim also suggested extraterrestrial organisms might be found on the moons of Saturn or Jupiter 
some of which are thought to hide vast oceans of water. He said wherever there is water, there is the possibility of life. On December 15th, the former military test pilot blasted off on a mission to the International Space Station, leaving his wife and two sons back on Earth. Speaking from Kazakhstan, Tim said his decision to fly into space was not taken lightly and has prompted serious discussions with his wife. There is a risk involved and it's not easy, he confessed. I agree, who's going to put out the trash and kill the spiders when I'm gone? In the last year, we've been supplying vehicles which haven't made it into orbit. It would be unnatural if my family weren't worried about me going into space. But they are very supportive. Apparently, Tim's brother and their next door neighbour said they would check on his wife regularly to make sure he's okay. (laughs) She's okay when he's gone. See what we did there? It's a terrible to do, isn't it? We come to the end of the UFOs and cryptozoology round, and we now move into the round it is, the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre not to read out but don't fit easily into any other category. Jacqueline's on one, Greg's on minus one, I'm on four, Heather's on minus two, and Kim is also on one. Jacqueline's tied in second place. And she's not even on the board. She's not even here. You're going to have to bring up your A game now. Do you know where we are? Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? Valentine's Day is just around the corner. Yes, it's two or three weeks away. It is. I'm going to tell you what not to do. Can I tell you before you start? Yes. Valentine's Day. Yes. The 14th of February, 2016, is going to be the end of the world. I have documentary evidence of this. You have proof? Last night, <laughs> yes. I was watching Ghostbusters 2. No. For those of you familiar with the film, there's a part where Bill Murray is out of a job. He's not Ghostbusting anymore. He's a host on a cable TV <laughs> network show. Quality. Not a very good one. And he's interviewing psychics. Mm-hmm. And there's a gentleman on there who says the end of the world is going to be in the new year. And he makes a joke and says, well, that doesn't give you a chance for your books to come out. That's only around the corner. You're not going to be able to make a film. You're not going to be able to make documentaries. And the gentleman says, no, no, it's not about making money. The end of the world will be at the end of this year. Then he turns. There's a lady set to his left, very prim and proper, in a very kind of high-necked, prim and proper dress. Her eyes are slightly crossed. She looks very strange. She has a slight strabismus, points to be had. Uh... He asks her, when's the end of the world going to be? And this very timid and scared woman, if you remember Ghostbusters 2, turns to the camera and says, an alien came up to me in a bar, bought me a drink, took me back to the Great Western Hotel, went into his room and told me the end of the world is going to be 2016th, the 14th of February. It was on Ghostbusters. <laughs> Bearing in mind this film's from 1985, 1986. Well, she well. says you can go back and look at this scene. She says the end of the world is going to be February the 14th, 2016. 2016. It's in Ghostbusters 2 from 25 years ago, I tell you. Well, then I'm just preparing you. Right. All right, don't do this. Keep your receipts if you yes. buy a Valentine's gifts would be my <laughs> advice. <laughs> or don't do this. Just don't do it. Ouch. Police say a woman hit her fiancé. After he had given her a regifted ring. Wow. <laughs> and what's wrong with that? No. Oh. <laughs> it's better than getting out of a little... Oh, that caught me flush on the coconut. 
That's better than getting out of a machine that goes. <laughs> I used to love those machines. Yes, and they you, crap a little egg. Yes, but you don't want your engaged. Squeeze a little egg. You, yes. Well, chickens have the same hole, so either works. Chickens are unique. There is only one hole of a chicken. Oh, okay. That's a unique thing in the animal world, so either works. Great. You learn something new. You don't want your engagement ring. From coming, a chicken's from bottom. From a chicken's bottom, do you? I'm kind of old-fashioned like that. I got it. There are just some gifts you don't re-gift, and engagement rings just happen to be one of them, guys. <laughs> According to police, when a Florida woman's fiance (laughs) presented her with a ring that he had allegedly once given to an ex-girlfriend, she hit him in the head with a piece of metal. It doesn't say what kind of metal or exactly what it was, but yeah, she... First place. An axe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. According to an arrest affidavit, the woman was looking through old photos of her fiance and noticed a picture of him and his ex-girlfriend. And that photo apparently featured the other woman wearing her ring. (laughs) (laughs) Things not to re-gift. Chocolates. (laughs) Yo. My grandmother gave me a big bag once. Of Of chocolate? Yes. (laughs) Brazil nuts. So I ate the Brazil nuts and said, why don't you like them, Grandma? And she said, oh, a friend of mine who's amorous and wants a date keeps buying me chocolate Brazils. And I just like the chocolate. So I suck the chocolate off and I put the nuts in her bag. Adrian Edward, her fiancé told police he tried to calm her down and said it wasn't the same ring. The woman was later arrested for misdemeanor battery and the smoking gun report she has been instructed to stay away from her now (laughs) ex-fiancé. Very strange. I'm wondering why he kept the pictures of his old girlfriend as well. Yes, that's true enough. There are more questions than answers. My story says non-believer snaps Grim Reaper, kneeling by a grave in a cemetery and is probably spooked. A self-proclaimed skeptic who spends his time trying to debunk ghost pictures was given an almighty scare when he snapped the Grim Reaper in a cemetery. Why would the Grim Reaper be kneeling in a cemetery? cemetery? There's nothing to reap. Everything's been reaped. There's nothing left. Everything's been reaped. Everything that is to be reaped has been reaped. Nothing's left. Dean Johnson, 48, took the spine-tingling snap during a visit to a cemetery where other strange images had been caught on film. He took five shots but was left gobsmacked when he looked at the pictures and spotted a hooded figure kneeling by the grave of a young woman. The dad of one took the picture at Weedenbeck Cemetery near Daventry North Ants on Wednesday night. Dean, a lorry driver, said, I have been taking pictures of so-called ghosts for 30 years, but this one is one of the ones I cannot explain. My hobby has been to try and debunk ghost pictures, just like Heather, but recreating them (laughs) using mists or shadows that was just plain weird. I saw a picture of a horseman ghost and wanted to see for myself. I don't believe in ghosts and wanted to disprove it, but couldn't believe what was on my camera. Do you remember last week there was a woman who took a picture of a horse and a ghost? He went to the same cemetery to try and debunk that photograph and then took a picture of the Grim Reaper kneeling down. It's missed. By it's You've done it again. I haven't <laughs> got to the end yet. I bet you opened all your presents, didn't you, before Christmas to see what you had and put them back together again. I, I've opened next year's presents already. Oh, man. She has felt his presence. <laughs> it clearly shows a hooded figure kneeling by a grave. It was really spooky. At least the hooded figure didn't turn around and say they've spelt my name wrong. 
<laughs> I had taken loads of random pictures of the same area, and this came out. It was cold on the night. You could see in the other pictures that my breath was coming into shot right in front of the camera. But this one was like nothing like else I've seen, and it was even a misty night. But it certainly does not look like a mist. It looks like a monk to me, especially with a cloak and a hood. When I posted it on Facebook, one of my friends thought it looked like the Grim Reaper. I have been doing this for a long time, and I noticed in a lot of cases where ghosts are apparently spotted that people have to circle the area, which is what happened with the story about three ghosts being seen at Weedon Beck. But with this, I could really make it out. At best, I thought it was just paradelia, where your mind plays tricks on you and you think you see something. I have to say this picture is just one of three clear pictures I have taken in my life where I just can't explain what the cause is. You think this is mist, do you? Yeah, it was an exhale of breath, and it was a cold night, he even said it. When it formed into the shape of the Grim Reaper with scythe and hood and everything. I've seen the picture and there was no scythe. If people wish to see the scythe, the hooded figure, <laughs> the mist, the mystery in Daventry of the Grim Reaper, they need to go to our Facebook site. Whatever. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. I put a net up in my backyard to try and catch the Grim Reaper. But the council told me to take it down. They said it was a death trap. <laughs> God. I love this show. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? There is a new safety crossing to help the blind that leads straight into a glass window. That, that's going to help the blind enormously. <laughs> a bungling council has installed a new safety crossing for blind people on a pavement, which leads straight into a plate glass window. <laughs> And then they set up cameras. <laughs> they didn't and see it coming. Oh, man. <laughs> You're making jokes about the blind. What's wrong with you? <laughs> the 15-meter-long parallel lines of raised silver bands called tactile bars were put near a busy road with the aim of helping blind people find a nearby pedestrian crossing. But the lines stop at least five meters away from the road, and the other end leads straight into the full-length window of a furniture shop <laughs> oh, in Gloucester. <laughs> into a furniture shop. Gloucester. Oh, I can't even say this one. Gloucestershire County. That'll be Gloucestershire, madam. All right. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Council claims... Gloucestershire. I'm not going to say it again. You get to say it. <laughs> the council claims the markings are the most effective design. But they have been branded totally ridiculous by partially sighted people. Guide dog user and Army veteran Ray Pert, 68, who lost his sight serving in Northern Ireland, said he has had numerous problems crossing the busy road. He said, what a waste of money. Those lines are supposed to help blind people find a safe crossing, but this will be very confusing. They will not give any indication where the crossing is. The new safety feature has been installed as part of an $8 million project to create a shared space linking Gloucester, Gloucester docks with the city center. Gloucester docks. Fantastic. I had a friend who had a Shih Tzu dog, and he was out walking it, and we tried to get into the local pub, but on the side outside is so no dogs allowed except for guide dogs. So he walked in. The barman said, I can't serve you. You've got your dog with you. He said, it's a guide dog. And the barmer said, well, they don't do guide dogs like that. And he said, why? What have they given me then? I thought it worked. Heather, <laughs> what have you got tonight? Finally in the round of the strange and the bizarre. I have a woman called Nut. Nut. But she has been overrun by squirrels. 
Oh, but no. <laughs> I, I try every week, week in, seven weeks. Squirrel on the news, squirrel news, squirrel news. We could put a book together. We could. A woman in Northern Ireland says, Northern her, Ireland. says her home has been overrun by grey squirrels. Of course it has. Una Nut. Una Nut. <laughs> from this, Moira County. This or, story's what? not made up then. No, it's Una Nut. The house Nutt. has been overrun by squirrels. From and Moira in County Down. And her name's Una Nut. Una Nut. You're making it <laughs> no, up. It's You're una, making stuff up nut. just to read out. You can write bits of paper about them. You're not getting points. <laughs> Says the animals first came into her garden from an adjoining park six years ago. Of course they did. But in the last 18 months, they got too close for comfort. I thought it was lovely. I called one of them Hazel. But oh, then the next, Hazel nut. <laughs> but then the next thing, they'd got into the house, she said. Mrs. Now they're watching the TV. They don't clear <laughs> up. The only reason I know they're there is because they leave dirty plates in the sink. Mrs. Nutt says the squirrels have caused serious damage. They chewed their way through my roof in several places. They tunnel through cavity walls. They live under the floorboards. Cigarette burns. They go to the toilet in the attic. Red wine stains on the carpet. <laughs> Up close, they're quite frightening. They look like puppy dogs with big hands. They growl and they bark at you. They're vicious things. They'll go for you. That's gremlin. She got these wet after midnight. <laughs> Mrs. Nutt <laughs> says she's spent thousands of pounds trying to tackle the problem. I've had pest control round, putting poison down in the roof space and travel routes through the house. But then they died inside the cavity walls, and the Ooh. house is infested with flies. It's a nightmare. Great. We've had squirrel catchers, traps, lights, sonar, everything but the kitchen sink, and she can't get rid of those darn squirrels, Miss Una Nut. <laughs> You're just making – you're writing these at home. Any yeah. old story with a squirrel in it. <laughs> Una Nut. Nut. Very strange and very bizarre. Our final round is called Not For Your Mother, and well done to all of those people that have now found us on iTunes, SoundCloud. That was Heather, by the way, not me making gaseous admissions. Not this your mother. Not my mother. That's the last thing my mother would ever do. I hope my mother's not listening to this, but my mother's sound like Donald Duck. She used to walk into my room when I was a child, draw the curtains. God, I hope she's never listening to this. And as she's pulling the curtains, there'd be... Adrian It was just like Donald Duck at the end of the room. Crying. It was, it was just like Donald Duck. Can you imagine being woken up by Donald Duck every morning? It's terrible to do. If your mother's in the room making Donald Duck impressions... God, I hope she's not listening. <laughs> There'll be no more food parcels for Christmas, I tell you. She needs to be removed. They need to be put outside to pasture. <laughs> she needs to be removed. They need to put on the lake. Give them some bread to eat. Oh, God. <laughs> I have a story that says world's first public masturbation booth for stressed out workers to relieve themselves in open city centres. What if me and Greg are stressed no. out in the studio? That's what I'm just saying. Greg, you're feeling a little bit stressed. There we go. Stress-free environment. Work environment. Stress-free. There's plenty of cupboards. There's plenty of spaces. The world's first public masturbation booth has reportedly opened in New York, according to reports. In New York? A company, I was expecting Japan. They did, have a, they did have a whiff of Japan about it, didn't it? A company that designs a line of mouse sex toys known as Guy Braters. Guy Braiders. Um, I went to school with a guy called How Guy Braiders. How do you Braiders. spell that? Guy <laughs> Braiders. 
<laughs> Look that up after. Is apparently, where do you need Mal? I just want to see it. Oh, okay. Just out of sick interest. <laughs> is apparently behind Be the unlikely sounding idea, suggesting that stressed out men need a place to be able to masturbate during the day. I used to find that. That's why I can't teach in Britain anymore. According to Hello, <laughs> the masturbation booth, known as Guy Fire Booth, comes complete with a chair, a laptop for inspiration, and curtains for privacy. Where does it go? And it's just behind the movies. That's right. Where does it go? Where does it go? It's in the high street, like a telephone booth. No, where does oh, it go? Where does go? it go? I've no idea. I haven't got that far. The website claims the first booth just opened in Manhattan, although this cannot be verified and it is unknown whether the existence of such a booth would breach any public decency laws. Speaking to Halu, the brains behind the invention, Adam Lewis said, there's no denying that working a nine-to-five job can be stressful on both your mind and your body, especially in a non-stop city like Manhattan. <laughs> I wish people could see the way Heather's looking at me. We hope the city's men enjoying using this space we've created in whatever way they want. It's completely free of charge. Have one on us. It's re- No, that's not a good thing to say. <laughs> it's really important for guys to look after themselves, clean out the tubes, so that they can stay healthy and focus properly on the tasks in hand. We're told no. time and time again how beneficial it is to have a break away from your desk. We can't quite imagine explaining that one to the boss. You wouldn't want to be the 12th person to use that that day. So we have a wanking booth, a tugging tent, a spanking shed, a bashing box, a rubbing room. What's wrong with a good old-fashioned bus shelter? That's what I say. Ew. Heather. <laughs> Let's go to Kim. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? There is a Japanese online retailer. Of course it is. Felissimo specializes in all things feline. Oh, But they really seem to be in love with cat odor. So much so that they're releasing their second cat-scented product this year. Do you remember we did the story on the first one? We did. Isn't it the smell of a cat's paws originally or something bizarre? Yep. First, they came out with a cat paw scented cream earlier this year. A paw scented cream, cat paw. What does a cat paw smell of? What litter box? Well, yeah, pretty much what it's walked in. Do you remember at the time? I know there were several of them. I'm thinking one of them was popcorn. Yes, <laughs> it is true that cats do smell of popcorn. <laughs> I'm sure. I do. There was like three or four different women saying what they thought the cat smelled like. That's and that right. was the only one I could remember. You can only get the smell of popcorn on a cat, though, if you actually go into the belly area. Okay. (laughs) That was a boring Sunday. Well, they're introducing a special fabric spray that carries the smell of cats' foreheads. (laughs) (laughs) How many foreheads do you have to squeeze? We're going back to the previous story. When was the last time you squeezed your forehead, Greg? Okay. (laughs) Take my breath away. The fluffy forehead fragrance. Fabric water comes in a 3.4-ounce bottle priced at $10.60. I swear, we need to start ordering some of these obscure products just to have them as testers (laughs) in the studio. We could explain to our listeners what the smell of a cat's forehead freshly squeezed. Absolutely, just like the Black Bun Whopper. That is true. People did go out and try the Black Bun Whopper after we suggested it. (laughs) And we did get hate mail for two days is what... (laughs) 
what was the what was the email we got? I decided to try this after you guys said it was green. And it lived up to its expectations. expectations. <laughs> we did get into a lot of trouble, that's true. The company revealed that they developed the product after collecting extensive data through customer survey responses. Many of the respondents wrote that the smell of a cat's forehead is like the smell of sunshine. <laughs> what? Or a futon that's been dried in the sun. <laughs> or sweet bread. Sweet meats. Oh. A cat's sweet a futon that's been dried in the sun. <laughs> Have you seen what's been I... done on futons? Yes. <laughs> God, I miss being a student. Gross. Heather. What have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I've got Mr. Andrew Farr. Mr. Andrew? Who's Mr. Andrew Farr? He's a dentist. Is he really? Yeah, you know what happened? Go on. He accidentally exposed his penis. As you do? To a nurse. At a bus stop. After he accidentally showed her a picture of it. Oh, by accident. <laughs> by accident. It was in a frame, to be fair, at the time. <laughs> was it one of those flicker books? Was it animated? No. Okay. No. Andrew Farr, 31, inadvertently slipped in the snap at the Windows, or excuse me, the Willows Dental Practice. <laughs> Windows, you know, I was thinking, looking in, uh, at the Willows Dental Practice. In I bet that's Hereford, a weeping willow now. <laughs> when showing her work-related photos on the device. So he kind of slipped in his willy. Did he? Yes. Oh, dear. Yes. Do you remember that slide presentation I did once at the St. James Hotel in Red Wing? Did you slip in your willy? We couldn't get in there again after that. (laughs) (laughs) He had it right after the picture of the wisdom teeth. Oh, Oh, my. Another the twain show me. The Welsh dentist. Oh, here we go. Welsh. Yes. Wow. Who has an expectant wife and a young daughter, then actually unintentionally exposed his manhood after that to his shocked colleagues as he got changed in his surgery years later. So he's slipping in pictures and then he's showing the Johnson off. And I'm confused. Is he doing this on numerous occasions over a period? He did it a couple times. He's a yeah. serial willy shower. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he showed her the picture first, trying to get a reaction. And then it's like, now I'll show her the real thing. Oh, I that's see what I'm thinking. Happened. Yeah. The General Dental Council have concluded that while Farr's actions were inappropriate, as his exposure was by mistake and not sexually motivated, uh, Tom Koch-Smythe for the GDC said Farr was in a hurry and started undressing in front of the dental nurse. Really? Jeez. I don't believe that. I've heard that one before. Open up and say, (laughs) ah. Yeah, the dental nurse is going to be referred to as JR because she wants to keep it quiet. Mr. Not Co- Jenny Robbins. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Mr. Coke-Smythe said he got changed behind her while she was on the computer with her back to him, supposedly. And then he plopped it on her shoulder. While changing, Dr. Farr's penis was exposed to Miss JR. Oh. So how would she know if her back was to I don't understand. Poking her in the back with it. <laughs> Stop it around the back of the head. Sorry. What do you think of this? <laughs> oh! Uh, she had a mushroom stamp. Well, <laughs> Far showed the same nurse who attended his wedding in 2012 a photo of his penis on his phone in 2010. Mr. Coxmise said the evidence in support of this allegation is Dr. Farr's admission during the meeting on June 27, 2014, when he recorded saying his 
photo was accidentally shown. The dentist left the Willow soon after the incident in June 2014 and now works at Broad Street Dental Surgery, so don't go there. Well, well perhaps you do want to go there. If you want to get your teeth properly cleaned, I guess. Oh, my. <laughs> Even in the round off for your mother, we can't get away with that. Jeez. Lines have been crossed. Letters you, will be written. You may have been trying to supply no, some of that no... face cream. Remember You're that still going, cream? are you? <laughs> Don't you remember that story? No, I have no Takes recollection. Away the wrinkles, remember? Yes, Oprah Winfrey was. No, no that just... was that was baby onion rings. <laughs> if there's someone listening to this show who's never heard this show before ever, they're going to think we're speaking in a foreign language. <laughs> well, you guys need to catch up. Archives have to be accessed. <laughs> Far who baby is... onion rings? <laughs> yes, little calamaris. <laughs> Farr, who is present and represented at the hearing, has admitting exposing his genitals to the nurse while changing in her presence and that his behavior was inappropriate. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores in last place with a K2 meter in the dead battery. It is Heather who scored minus four. (laughs) But in resplendent first place with the $33,000 IR camera is our listener, Jacqueline, who has scored one. Do not fear, listener. I'll get that to you as soon as I can in the post. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of made-up squirrel stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of camels, gorillas, paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. You can also join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, all of our shows are archived on soundcloud.com if you search for MQTA Radio. And remember, we're about to do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show that we can't do live on air called Not For Your Mother. But bear with us. We are three or four weeks behind on our archives. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Una Nutt, Heather Morris, Tom Drainer, Jacqueline, Kim and Greg Gore, and all at the International Paranormal Society. I've got two sentences to go. Hang on. At inparanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. And remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.